0: what is up sacramento fans and welcome to the number one soccer specific podcast in sacramento with the sac town fc podcast sponsored by roughneck scarves race your game and check them out at roughnesscarves.com. today i'm joined as usual by my co-host john and luis how are you guys
1: doing today? Anything new? I'm good, um, you know, minus my, my three-year-old daughter not wanting to sleep. And, man, we had, we had an exciting day today. I know this is being posted a little bit later than when the announcement was made, but we are extremely privileged and excited to be a part of the California Storm family. I think that's going oh, yes. to be a lot of fun for us uh, this year and, and into the future. And help watch them grow. It'll be great. Absolutely, man. How's it going, doing, Luis?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm doing good, too. Um, thanks. Uh, I mean, super excited, too. Like John was saying, I think this is a really great opportunity for us. And, you know, we're looking forward to to the partnership and, you know, being out at games and, and uh, John being MC out there, too, <laughs> as, as he was saying. In the awesome. other podcast. So yeah. So today we are joined by a former Jesuit grad who churned in his possible caller for a life in comedy. <laughs> now living in New York and obeying the six feet social distancing rule. Please welcome via yeah, the McCuni Dreamline, Turner Sparks. Turner, yes. how are you doing today?
3: Pretty good. Wait, was my was I just was my intro sponsored by mikuni
1: Sushi? It Absolutely. is. Yeah, it oh, is, my God. I love that place. Yeah, it is. The, <laughs> it's the best place, man. You can't hate on it either. <laughs> Dude, everyone knows Bakuni.
0: Oh,
3: I was yeah. going back in, like, the 90s when there was one. There was yeah. only that one in uh, Orangevale, maybe, or something. Fair I don't Oaks. know how global. Fair Oaks off of 50. Fair off 50, exactly. And then I would come back, like, in college, and later on, all of a sudden, he was at King's Games, yep. and then Bakuni was, like, he's probably, like, a billionaire now. Yep. I don't even know what he's doing. <laughs>
1: Well but the crazy story place- is I, I proposed to my wife at the one in Fair Oaks. <laughs> nice.
3: That's yeah. awesome.
1: Yeah, I actually What's declared called? Taro as my new sensei ever <laughs> since we
0: we uh we interviewed him.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh you had a on yeah, that place. He
0: yeah. is yeah. my official sensei.
3: <laughs> yeah. I also like how my option go if you go to Jesuit High School, your options are either like become a priest or uh <laughs> turn in the collar That's or become right.
1: a comedian those are the two options <laughs> well no i thought it was academia but you you've you swayed the opinion and made a comedy yeah exactly there's yeah.
3: there's a couple others um i'm trying to think of who i don't know there's one other guy a couple years younger than me at santa but there's not a lot not a lot of jesuit people out there doing it um yeah thanks for having me on guys i'm pumped up and congratulations so where the store where do they play
1: they play at uh at uh, papa murphy's too Oh, sick. Okay, cool. I've been, cause I've been to like, I think
3: every other, I didn't go to that, that football team a couple years ago with was like, Danny, Dennis Green was coaching or whatever, but oh, literally yeah, every, yeah. every other Sacramento professional sports team, I've been to a live game. So I got to go check them out yep. at some point. We'll be there. Don't worry. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> awesome. And you'll so cool. you
0: even, and you'll even get to play a drum with me. Ooh.
3: Oh, re- dude, I played drums in high school. Oh,
0: There you go. I grew up
3: playing in high match school. Match
0: made in heaven, man. Here nice. So you play come. the game.
3: Sick. All right. I'm sitting with you. I'm playing. All right. Games. All right, man. We'll, we'll you get better couple, not flake out on me.
0: We'll get him a I'm couple of gummy worms.
3: And I usually, it'll be good. What t- I come back usually like three times a year or so. I play the punchline in Sacramento and then random shows around the area, whatever. So next time I'm in, if we match up with a game, I'm coming. So, I, heard, so, I heard VIP passes, boys. Did you hear that? You want to come? If yeah, again. yeah, sure. If we, if we We'll do a trade. Do do you want
1: to come, huh? (laughs) Yeah,
0: you're gonna really ask us. Come on, man. Just get us the tickets. We'll be there, man. Supporting.
1: Oh man, well it's nice to have you on, man. We were uh, we were chatting with the Cooligans, and they said, "Oh, you got to get Turner on." He the last time Christian said the last time I saw him, he was wearing a Republic hat. I wear a shirt. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was saying yeah. you had a hat. And I was like, oh, then we have to get him on if he's a Republic fan. Dude, I got all kinds of gear. I wear uh yeah,
3: I wear the shirt around New York City all time. It's one of those like my best fitting shirts. uh so
1: you one of those ones it's in the regular rotation. You it's know? the go-to, right? Like if it's clean, it's yes. on. Yes. Exactly. That's the I, best way to put it. Yeah. And so I think I was do doing those. his
3: show. I don't know if he still has it, but he used to run a show at a pizza place in uh Brooklyn. And it was like one of those cool, like the pizza place closes down and then they reopen and the show happened. So I was doing his show and he's like, "Wait, what?" He was like, "You, uh, you know the how do you know uh, Sac Republic?" I'm like, "Dude, how do you know the Sac Republic?" And he's yeah. like, "Oh, and I was like, he, I found out his whole soccer life and everything. Well, it was five podcast. years of fame, right?" Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think he had just started the podcast maybe at that point when we were we were uh, going back and forth on. Oh, nice. Stuff. Okay, those guys are cool.
0: Yeah, what? I was wearing I was wearing my Sacramento Republic sweatshirt. Um, and I was just kind of going around New York City, and I felt like everybody was looking at me a little weird. Like, I, maybe this guy's getting
3: around, dude. We're going to the MLS. what is it 2022? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so maybe they're starting to find out. I I went to a um i I'm pumped for it because I went to. A, I've been to a Red Bulls, New York Red Bulls game and first of all it's like and i don't know if you guys have been but it's like an hour into new jersey and then there was nobody i mean it wasn't even a quarter full and this giant stadium with barely anyone there and all i could think of is is like dude when sacramento gets like when the team moves up i mean already the games are amazing and then when they move up it's gonna be like off the hook
1: yeah it would be great i'm i'm super pumped for it i think it's gonna have it's gonna bring a lot of extra life to downtown with the kings being down there now and everything else so it's really going to be uh, beneficial to the downtown area and the growth, so we're excited. And
3: it's going to be year round. You have the River Cats, the Kings, yeah. and the Republic, and, and the Storm, be- and the Storm, and the Storm. I mean, yeah. when I grew up in, like, when I was in high school, sat down in the '90s, downtown Sacramento was a mixture of like boring and dangerous.
1: Yeah, and so that you didn't was know it. what
3: you're going to get. Yeah, you didn't know what you're going to. It was either nothing was going on, or there'd be some guy like trying to rob, like just. Kind of drunkenly trying to rob you in the, at like eleven a.m. <laughs> and those are, and you're, you it, it didn't take much. You'd be like, all right, buddy. Like a slight sh- a slight nudge would knock him off balance and he'd fall down. Yep. But that was pretty much the only options. Now there's
1: just I don't know if any of you guys are in the area, but it's, yeah, it's, I'm in uh, Roseville, so I'm not too far. Uh, but the last time I was downtown, we got like the bikes, those little bikes that you could the get. jump bikes. The, yeah, and uh, I almost ate it because I got stuck in the light rail track yeah oh, and then okay. my cousin who was a bike away from me was laughing like oh you almost ate it and all of a sudden i hear boom 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 boom, boom. and he <laughs> ate it so i was like karma i'm like you got it bro that's what you get <laughs> those things are dangerous yeah bro. he was all busted up and like limping the rest of the night we went to a king's game uh the first game the lakers were at sacramento for after kobe had passed away so oh man it was, man. Uh, it was oh, yeah. quite the night yeah it was uh, it was awesome so a couple questions for you tonight uh turner and see uh how we do we also have uh it's called the new glory Rapid Fire. I'll give you a little insight into that now, and, and as we get there, we'll we'll introduce it. But the idea is, you get ten questions. You can pass on two, uh, but we 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 encourage you to answer all of them. But if you don't, that's okay. You can pass on two. Of them.
3: I'll answer. I don't even know what this quiz is about, and I'm answering all ten. You but, better. Right. Mm. You better. There's no such thing as pass. <laughs> okay. Good. All right. We like yeah. that. Um,
1: so our first question for you tonight is: What drew you towards comedy? Oh man, it was. Um,
3: It was getting in trouble in school for like, I was that kid who always like that annoying kid that was always saying something in class. And most of the kids hated me. But if one kid was laughing, I'm like, I'm doing it again. I'm doing it again. I'm doing it again. Even if the teacher was pissed, I didn't care. I just needed one kid to laugh and getting in trouble for that. And then at some point becoming an adult and realizing you could do that for a living and that's when I was like, wait, I, I can do this." I wasn't, I didn't start until I was 27. I didn't start stand up. Most people are like 19, 20 now, especially in New York City, you meet these people. They're like, I knew I started when I was 15 years old. But um, it was that. It was, I think at 26, 27, kind of a, had this epiphany. Wait, I can get, I can do this and like be, be not, not just make money, but like be rewarded, have a whole room of people laughing, not just one kid in class, you know? So that was it. It was, I think it was always in me. I just had to find it.
0: Definitely. And uh, Turner, where did your appreciation for soccer
3: come from? I came from my family. I mean, I started playing when I was five. Um, and now that's normal. But in the eighties, that was, I think we were the first, I think my brother started when he was seven, because that was the youngest age you could be in our town. Um, I grew up in El Dorado Hills in the eighties. So this is like pre money. This is just when it's just the countryside. It's like a, it's like kind of mixture of like white trash. And I think we, we didn't even have Taco Bell yet. That was like five years away. That was big when we got Taco Bell. That was like woo-de-la.
1: That Ukraine. was your guys' like cruising stop, right? You go cruising <laughs> up and down Boulevard. Exactly, every yeah. Bell. Everybody, Everybody was Boulevard like, I've there. never had Mexican food. Taco Bell, oh my
3: God. That was our first... Our- <laughs> It was our first Mexican – so our town is – they couldn't name our town or our only restaurant the full thing in Spanish. It was El Dorado Hills because they didn't know how to say hills. And then Taco Bell, like it was, you know, it was was, uh, a wild place. But anyway, so I grew up there in the 80s and – Turner, Turner, before you keep going, you ever call
0: Taco Bell Mexican food, you'll get cut off.
3: It was for El Dorado. <laughs> for El Dorado Hills in the eighties, that was
0: mixed. that was authentic.
2: <laughs> that was the only Mexican food, right, at the time. <laughs> it was like, wait, isn't this how a taco tastes?
3: <laughs> that was <laughs> it. We were hill people, man. We were hill people back then. It's uh, San Francisco came up later. So my brother was seven and he played, and that was the youngest age you could play at his time. And then by four years later, you could play. We were the first people to be five and play. So I was playing since I was a little kid. So it was just like the first sport everyone played.
2: Yeah, no, that's that's great. I mean, when you start playing uh, younger, I mean, you, you end up developing more skills and, you know, you could make it big. I mean, most of the pro players, they started younger. There's really few players that started older. So, yeah, and it's great. such a
3: fun sport for kids because like I remember you could, we played baseball, but that's super boring for kids. And then. <laughs> Um, basketball, like we could, a five-year-old you can't even throw it that high, mm-hmm. you know. Like they try to make you run around and play, but it's but soccer's perfect. You get the small goals. You play like five on five. You're playing in a community park while there's some like they have to. You're playing around the drunks, you know. <laughs> They're sitting there drinking, and your dad's like, Nah, whatever. We'll we'll just move the move the cones this way, and we'll practice over here. So there's a hill. Like I remember this before, like public parks. <laughs> we're playing on like a side of a hill and like figure it out. You know, so you yeah, can set I mean, it up anywhere.
2: Yeah, no. I mean, I I always say this, but you know, like you're saying, you know, it's soccer is like the easiest sport to just you know play anytime. I mean, all you yeah. need is all you need is just four things to do: two separate goal nets and. I mean, you're you're
0: good.
3: I mean, yeah, that's why it's big around the world, right? I mean, I'm sure you guys have talked about this, but I lived in China for 12 years, which I don't know if we'll get into, but that's it's huge over there because, as exactly as you say, all you need is a ball, you can mm-hmm. figure it out. Yeah, so it's it's really it's
2: really cool. So you know, like you told us, you you started playing soccer when you were younger, and I'm sure you've been to like a lot of uh, live soccer games, like you you had mentioned before on on the sporting side. But what would you consider is like your overall favorite soccer
3: memory whether it's you know playing or you know watching a live game it had to be playing i mean the the live stuff i've been to is all I, it's sacramento actually no i gotta take that back i've been to games in sacramento um the coolest thing i've ever been to is a game in, i went to a game in shanghai and when i was living out there and it was manchester city versus the shanghai i think shanghua is the name of the team yeah. and um i mean man city I think they they were playing like really, (laughs) they like they kept it close just as doing a favor to the city of Shanghai. I think they got up to nothing and then took everyone out except for the water boys, you know, and then played the rest of the game. But it was a blast, just like a crazy cultural experience to be there. You know, it was pretty wild. The Shanghai fan base is really good, Um, so they're singing and everything the whole way, like you would see in Europe or or now in the United States or anywhere else. And uh, it was just cool to see that whole thing. So. That, and then just playing as a kid, like playing on travel teams and junior high and stuff like that was a lot of fun. But I would say the game in Shanghai was, was uh, just a wild experience. Also, I remember, I didn't know, this was right before Man City blew up. Mm-hmm. So back when they were just still like a, you know, like an ugly stepsister of uh, Man United. And I remember their manager was walking by us. They still are. They still are. <laughs> <laughs> With a lot of money though, right? Um, and their manager was walking by us and my friend is from England and he knew the guy by name just because he's obviously a fan of sport and yelled out the guy's name. And because everyone around us in the whole stadium was Chinese, except for us, hearing your own name in your own language and your own accent, it, you catch it. So the, the manager looked up to us and then was like, hey, what's up, guys? And we weren't expecting like a real conversation. We were just like, ah. And my friend's like, oh, hey, man, how's it going? He's like, yeah, pretty good. We're having a good time here in Shanghai. <laughs> and we talked to him for like 30 seconds. And then he kept on walking by. And we were like, oh, my God. Oh, well. It was nuts. So, so it's crazy. something you get like in a, in a foreign kind of environment like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's a little extra, right? It's a little extra because they're recognizing you. It's like, oh, you're from my country? Okay, cool. Let's talk for a second. We're in this crazy place. you
1: know? Yeah. Um, I have to ask, man uh rumor is here in Sacramento that you failed your ref licensing at age 13 what (laughs) happened here how do you fail referee 101
3: that rumor is all over Sacramento and I need to put it in I did fail yes um I would love to deny it but when I was yeah when I was 13 years old I I think right around maybe I was 12 or 11 what I don't know how young you can be to ref but my brother had done it he was 4 years older than me it turned out i didn't realize my brother is just like a genius he's in the uh, he's a dip, us diplomat now at that time we were just kid brothers i didn't realize i was the dumb one he was the smart one so i just thought oh if he could take the ref test and pass did you guys did any of you guys ref
1: as growing up you did okay was it really easy it was an easy test man <laughs> if you played if you played you you know you know the common rule of the game like was it's that pretty, it? I don't remember. I just remember I took it. I had to be like 10 or 11, maybe. No, that would be too
3: young. No, have you
1: 13, me? 13, 14.
3: Was it 13? So I must've been 13. And uh, I don't know if I just like panicked or I didn't study or what happened, but I failed it once and I just didn't do it again. My parents definitely should have been like, just take this again in two weeks and study and for some reason they didn't i was like i oh, don't i failed i don't want to do it anymore i threw some like kid fit and they were like ah it's okay and then i went on and i don't know what i did when i did something else in my life but yeah it's a real shame that hangs over my head to this day plus i missed out on that like seven dollars an hour you got refereeing or whatever that's all you got out there i can't remember what was hey, it we're,
1: we're the same age and we used to get 20 was it 20 bucks an we used hour used to get 20 in citrus heights yeah per game or per Per game per game yeah then i really if you were the center ref and then like ten dollars if you were a linesman but i would never take the linesman jobs because 20 is bigger than 10 right like you want that 20.
3: how long did you do it for
1: uh probably through high school no i i probably stopped when i was like 16. that's still pretty good though that's a good job for a kid so what is that sophomore year of high of, of high school i stopped and just focused on uh soccer and a little bit of academics and how many games in <laughs> academics i would how do like games five to get in a day if i had tournaments none but most weekends when i had a game i would i would try to get in a, uh, at least two. Oh, i was a moron then i definitely should have done that easy
3: car wash money man yeah exactly <laughs> that would have been good weekend money. who wants to
1: mow who wants to mow a neighbor's lawn when you can go referee and pick on little kids let's yeah exactly yell at some parents <laughs> exactly <laughs> what was that movie with will ferrell where he played uh, the soccer coach was it cooking and screaming i think yes so? yeah, yeah. That's what <laughs> I, had, I had a lot of coaches like that that, that just blowing whistles at dads yep <laughs> and you have that awesome whistle like the one that just makes the loudest shriek right like it just like bothers your eardrum yeah that, i yeah. see
3: do your kids play i see you have kids
1: yeah, uh, my oldest plays. Uh, he played in Rockland. We're gonna. He's gonna play in Granite Bay. Start here pretty soon once this uh, whole shelter and place thing ends. And then yeah. my daughter, uh, no, she just kind of hangs out and wants to play, but she's still only three years old. So, have you turned into one of those? Are you what kind of dad are you? What kind of soccer dad? Let him do it. Whatever he wants to do. Like you're not yelling yeah. at the ref? No, no. <laughs> I, I I vividly remember like playing and, and I used to give the ref so much problems as a kid I, A ref blew me for a, a tackle that I believed wasn't a tackle and gave me a yellow card and I asked him where he uh where he got his coaching license was it dog school
3: <laughs> nice that's good and
1: yeah he was like he was like younger than me and I'm like oh dude you got to get off the field bro oh younger than
3: you yeah that's rough
1: yeah. yeah he was a linesman and he told the center he had a yellow give me a yellow card I'm like how this kid he's like a midget but yeah yeah that's tough
3: because then it's like threatening yeah <laughs> he's like if i this guy a red card i might get beat up In- intimidation to... right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so trinder
2: i know you uh, mentioned that you started playing when you were younger um what youth club were you a part
3: of oh man um we were called the magic which i don't know why we were named after a basketball team but uh, I think it was because you know why? Because the Magic, like Orlando Magic, had they had Shaq, and I think they were just cool. So we
1: had their logo. Dude, they had the sickest uniforms? Those powder, those like blue with the black yeah. lines. Yeah, yeah, the baby blue. Whatever. Oh
3: yeah, those were awesome. man. Yeah,
1: the Penny Hardaway like oh, Shaq yeah. era. The and, mini Penny, uh, the mini Penny commercials. Yeah, little Penny with Chris Rock. Little Penny, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what we were. We had
3: that logo, that exact logo.
1: Oh, dude.
3: Like the Eldorado Hills Magic, I guess, would have been the name of the team. (laughs) And uh, it was sick. We went, like, I think all over Northern California. And then once it got super, I think high school is where it ended for me because I went to Jesuit and uh, I was not good enough. I was like an average player on our junior high, you know, travel team. And so then getting into Jesuit, that was like too big time for me. And I just ran cross country like, they can't cut me if I just run, you know? Yeah. Needed <laughs> a couple of you guys on that team, huh? On the, on the cross country? Yeah. That's why our cross country team ended up being sick because it was everybody who were athletes but weren't like either had off time for sport. Everyone did that to kind of stay in shape. So it ended up being this like
1: really good, won a bunch of state championships. And stuff. Well, well, I'm glad you didn't become a cheerleader because that would be kind of weird.
3: Yeah. And they had those at Jesuit. They had, uh, they had to, they was all dudes. Yeah. It was an old guy's school for anyone listening goes not know. So, um, yeah, they had dude cheerleaders, but, uh, I didn't, I didn't, I was in the band. I was playing drums in the high school. Oh, so. It's
1: one time at band camp, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, your senior year at Jesuit, you became an important part of the team. What was that like? Yes, I was the manager in, in giant quotation marks. Here's what happened. All of our
3: friends were on the team. All my best friends were on the team. And one day during science class, they all left at lunch. And I, like, like 10 kids just left. And I was like, where are you guys going? They're like, bro, we have a game. We gotta, we're on the team. We're going to go to Turlock and play soccer. We've got to leave now because the game's at 4.30 or something. And I was like, wait, I want to go like you can't go you're not on the team they're like but and they had this epiphany they're like wait a second we don't have a manager i was like what's a manager like you know it's like when you get like a freshman who like didn't make the team and so they run around and get everyone water and uh but they're like but if you the manager also gets to leave with the team at lunch and go to these games and so me and my other friend chris were like well why don't we just be the managers and what do we have to do? They're like, well, you you don't have to do anything. Just get us water, like literally fill up a bucket of water and then get on the bus and come with us and then hang out the rest of the day with us. We're like, this sounds awesome. And so for second semester senior year, my friend Chris and I just went to every road trip, every game with the team. We didn't have, there's nothing else we had to do. It just got us out of school at lunch every day for like an entire semester. So it was amazing. Eventually the um, coach of the team I I couldn't tell his name was like Mike Rose, I think Uh, something Rose. He was like pretty well known uh, in the area, but he's one of those like legendary win a hundred championships coaches. And he thought it was funny for a while. And then when we kept showing up and kept showing up, he decided he changed the rules. So we couldn't go to road games. Once he caught on that we had no interest, we weren't like trying to work our way up the soccer, you know, system at Jesuit high school. We were second semester seniors. We just wanted to hang out. And he's like, all right, this isn't in the spirit of how we created this role. So you guys can come to home games. But I'm not getting out of school at lunch to go to road games. But we had a good two months where we got to do whatever we wanted. So it was pretty awesome. So uh, as we all know, uh, Sacramento's coming to the MLS in 2022. Yes, dude.
0: What do you expect to
3: happen as a result of this move? It's going to be great. First of all, I'm going to wear my Republic shirt in New York City, and people are going to know what it is. Um right. yeah second of all but everyone besides Christian who are Christian polanco who knew no matter what he's a soccer savant um for, personally for me it's get, I'm going to get to go to games like when they come play in New York when they play the Red Bulls I'll go out to New Jersey when they play uh, uh what is it uh, New York City FC, FC right yeah I'll go up to the Bronx um and then when I go I mean For downtown Sacramento, it's just going to be one extra cool. Like, they already have the Kings, they already have the the baseball team, the River Cats, one, a third thing to make like nonstop action happening in Sacramento. So, I mean, for how good the Kings, the the arena has been for downtown Sacramento, it's like, why? It's such a no brainer to add an extra, like, add another stadium, get another team there. And it's also, I think it's bringing in a different, I mean, you guys know more than I do, but it feels like it's bringing in a slightly different style fan base. Um, so it's not just duplicating the exact same people who would be going to Kings games. It's some of the same people, but then it's a lot of people who aren't necessarily into into NBA, whatever it might be. So overall, it's like a giant positive, I think, for the city. I don't see how it could be a negative. And all of the infrastructure's already there. Like, they figured out, all that stuff they had to figure out with the Kings, which is the, the, the parking and the routes to the game. And what are you going to do about traffic? That's all ironed out. And so it's just like ready to go once they build the stadium, I guess. I have a question for you guys though. Do you think that the, um, once the, uh, uh, I mean, once we come back from this pandemic, if the economy really slows down, is that going to negatively affect the building of the new stadium? Are they got the funding going to dry up or anything like that? Or, or is that already in place?
2: You know, that, that's kind of interesting. I was thinking about that, too, because, you know, like you said, with all this going on, it just makes you wonder. I mean, the stadium is probably going to be, like, put out to probably a couple of months from now, so it won't even be constructed uh, in the schedule that it was supposed to be constructed. So,
1: it's I mean, just
3: a I know. A is Ron Burkle the, main, the owner of
1: the team he- now? He is and, and they've a the, the city council, Sacramento has approved twenty seven million dollars of an investment for the soccer specific stadium. Okay, so if it's approved, I don't think they can I mean there might be something in the
3: contract that's in case of a COVID nineteen pandemic, but I doubt it. I doubt they have that in the
1: infrastructure right. of the of the contract. <laughs> yeah, it's specific.
3: <laughs> it could be an act of God thing or something, maybe like a force majeure is yeah. Is, but um yeah okay so it sounds pretty safe yep
1: Hopefully. Absolutely. Yeah. and hopefully, hopefully by it.
3: 2022 we can um gather together in the tens of thousands of people and go see events right, right. hopefully oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the hope right who knows i mean i who's just saying now they're not gonna have la said they won't have major events until 2021 i think they said that today yeah i heard uh
0: i heard no concerts till 2021 um, they're considering no sports
3: until I mean, 2020. Yeah, that would include Lakers games and. Yep.
0: So it's gonna it's gonna be weird, man. It's gonna be a weird time yeah. in our lives for Which sure. Which
3: then that affects the whole NBA because you can't have an NBA without the Lakers and the Clippers, and or else you, what are you gonna do? Move them to Vegas? There's, I mean, I guess there's like workarounds, but it gets mm-hmm. pretty. And then Toronto, I think it's the same way. They're saying that they're they're really cautious, so the Raptors would be out of a lot of stuff.
2: So, um, Trinder, um, you know you've been a fan of the Republic, you know, ever since the beginning. You know, growing up in Sacramento and all. What would you say has been your favorite memory today?
3: I mean, honestly, I've I have to speak real honestly here. I've been a fan from afar because I've been gone for so long from Sacramento. So I've been to a game. I mean, my my best memory would be going to a game, which was a couple years ago. I went to see Liverpool a couple years ago. That is my only uh, first. First, like in person experience with the team, and it was a complete blast. So I'd have to pick that. I know it's not like the best, the best. Uh, I'm sure you've had way better answers on this podcast, but um I'm looking forward to going to more games. Yeah,
2: I mean that was a good game. We beat them two one. So I mean, it was the U. The U. Was it the under twenty one? yeah
3: okay. well whatever whatever it's yeah. like you know they're like a premier league team and oh yeah
2: yeah but yeah I'll, I'll take a win against you know any it doesn't matter if it's they the... did look young now that i think about it yeah <laughs> so yeah i mean it's it's good it's good i know we, we played against America, uh, and then Danny, you probably i don't know if you you saw that too and we we just completely demolished them but they were also uh i believe they were a U 23 side I, too. did
0: well, I mean, Americas just crap, right? Uh, yeah. The America, they even they even got beat by Reno, eighteen sixty eight. I mean, you know, if you got beat by Reno, you're just crap. So, uh, we, yeah, we don't even talk about them. That's true. Yeah. I mean, those are, <laughs> are yeah. You talked about them. Uh, Luis asked, so I had to ask. Uh, kind of <laughs>
3: <laughs> what can I ask? What is the eighteen sixty eight? Like what? What? What happened that year in Reno? How how,
0: how, how much time do you have? Okay, not that much.
3: <laughs> I think the there should be answer. a rule that if you're going to name it after a year, it should be like a year that everyone understands, like 18, the '76ers. You know, 1868 is
0: the year that Reno became a city. I like officially it. in Nevada. All right. I was so wondering they, if it
3: was the year they legalized gambling or something. Yeah,
0: uh, no, it's the year they became a city. So they decided to name their soccer team after that. It's uh, it's been a soccer team for about three years now, and they're
3: garbage. Okay, moving on. End of story. <laughs> of
0: course, the, the, Danny, they,
2: they chose that year because I mean, they're not even a soccer team, right? They're like, what are we?
0: We we, oh, we, no. we have any important? <laughs> I, I just answered that question. They're garbage. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to let the smoke settle a little bit from uh, Danny's ears. Um, I'm just saying. So, Tucker, who would you say, either past or present, is your favorite Republic player? I'm gonna go present, and uh, it's I'm gonna show my knowledge here, but it's the guy from Bulgaria,
3: uh, the blonde dude. Oh yeah, that's that's our that's our podcast magic player right there.
1: That yes. guy's great. Yeah. That guy's great. Brilliant. I was watching.
3: The two games so far this year, and uh, what's his name? V- Bijev. Uh,
1: yeah, that's B-Jev. It. <laughs> B-Jev. Yeah, that guy's sick. Yeah, I'm down B-Jev. with that guy. So uh, cool story that the goals that he scored in the first uh, the first game that you probably watched. Yeah, that he was on the podcast the night before, so he had a little bit of podcast magic to. to oh, him. you gave him the bump. That's, they gave him the, the, that, yeah. that's where
3: podcast <laughs> magic was born. <laughs> nice. I'm going to get my own TV show after this tomorrow. Done. And we, we're, we're right. the producers. I will credit you guys 100%. And yes, you'll be the producers of the show. Love it. I'll throw you an, exe- uh, an EP credit. How about that? Yes. Know, yeah, be yeah that'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's great, man. And i who are the two? There's some like 18-year-olds. or 17-year-olds on the team now?
2: Yeah, we, we have uh, Hayden Sarges. He's actually from Sherlock. And then we have uh, Mario Pinagos. He's from Elk Grove.
3: And how good are these guys leaving high school? Like is they supposed to be seniors in high school? And they're like, they're in screw the, it they so just cool. got
0: out of the academy, right?
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. They in Florida? Would that be the, or is there all over the place now? Uh well, our academies in Sacramento too, I think. Oh sorry, right? it's the Teams yeah. Academy. Oh I yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, actual like the teams IMG academy. academy
2: or something. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean they've been they've been getting a lot of good players lately too. And you know, we've been seeing some players come up from the Academy, so it's yeah, great, it's it's great. You know that they they're doing that too, and I mean our head coach right now, and Mark Briggs, he used to be head of the academy too. So yeah, I mean he's only going to be bringing more players too. So
3: sick. It's fun, man. They're fun to watch. I've been watching online, and uh, it's so. What's funny is some of these teams. Like I was, I remember I was watching a, a match a couple of years ago, and it was a it was a rogue game, and in my head, like I kind of maybe the the league I'm sure is developed now, but. At that time, the Republic games are a big deal. This might have been like five years ago. But I remember I watched a road game, and there was like – it looked like it was like in a park, like in a neighborhood park or something. Hmm. It couldn't have been right. But there was – or maybe it was at a high school. Would that have been the case maybe five or six years ago? But yeah, in fact, yeah, I know they're getting like 10, 15, 10, 12,000 people to these games, and then the, they go on the road, and they're playing like, I don't know, L.A. Galaxy Part three or something, <laughs> and there's. there's like- I know, I know, I
0: know. um, Reno, the Reno team, when they do pre, like the preseason matches, they do them at a at a park. They maybe do that's what I here. watched. That must you know, been um, yeah. yeah. So um, I, I know there's a few teams that don't actually play in their stadium for preseason. Reno being one of them, they play at, It's called Eagle Canyon Park um and it's just a, a regular looking park so you that you must can have been when i was tell. watching yeah. so um it might have not been reno but i know a few teams do play in different like style parks too
3: that's why i was like wow sacks like way ahead of the game mm-hmm. <laughs> with like 10 12 thousand people at these games i think it's i think they
0: do it uh especially for the teams that play in the baseball stadiums reno being that one of it. them Pre-season. um if they if they don't feel that the 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 game will pull a lot of fans and make some revenue they won't open the game to the public uh because you know they're gonna lose money instead of make money
3: yeah that makes uh, that's sense.
0: what that's what they look at so uh, the smaller teams will definitely uh play in like the city parks or their training facilities or stuff like that yeah all right so uh we're gonna get into my favorite segment uh rapid fire questions Let's uh, do so it. i hope turner you're ready man and uh you promise not to pass Uh, So we're going to hit this uh, tonight. So (laughs) tonight's rapid fire questions uh, were brought to you by New Glory Beer. Check them out online at newglorybeer.com where you can get their shelter in place special of a hundred dollar deposit for a keg. You can also order all beers online to be delivered to California. Remember, they cannot deliver kegs, but they still deliver your beer. You have to pick up your kegs. All right. So uh, Mm -hmm. turn. are you ready for the rapid fire or what? I'm ready. That was a great ad read. I'm going to <laughs> All right, uh Luis, let's get us started, man.
2: All right, Cherno. So, starting up with this one. Uh,
3: worst comedian you've worked with. Oh man, worst comedian I've worked with. Um I've worked with so many bad ones. It's uh <laughs> It's hard to No, uh let's see who is the worst. Um um uh, I worked with this one guy, I can't think of his name, but he uh he he has he says his whole career is that he's like a millennial and then and he's he was like a New York Times will interview him all these people will interview him is like, What do millennials think about this? What do millennials think about this? He's like the go to this is like ten years ago, and then you meet him and he's like a sixty five year old guy and he's this I forget he's like an Indian dude and he's Falls so he Advertisement.
0: Looks, is his name Falls Advertisement? It yeah, might be if he looks younger <laughs> than he actually is.
3: I'm gonna have you can Google him and you can find out his name because I literally can't think of it right now. But that guy, he was just because it's a bizarre <laughs> as, meeting him, he doesn't match what he presents himself. He presents himself as like he's like twenty like thirty, maybe, and he's actually like fifty five. It's very odd. Anyway, <laughs> does he sound like he's thirty or no, he has his jokes are like uh, hey, so he's like pretending like he's a millennial. He's like, hey, what? What? This is weird. Like, he's, but he's like an old guy. It's, it's, it's like what you're watching with your eyes doesn't match. Does what... he? Does he use the word? Does he use the word bro a lot? He, yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of like lingo he's picked up by like researching it on the internet and then he oh, tries gotcha. to regurgitate
1: it and use it. In... <laughs> I can't even think of the. It's the... Well, he spends a lot of time on the Al Gore machine. Yeah. <laughs> hey kids, what's up, everybody? My party. What is the deal with this, bro? <laughs> yeah.
3: so, actually, I do. I recommend seeing him now. You'd actually, I, I'll have to look at Now I'm, now check
1: I'm intrigued. Now I'm yeah. intrigued. <laughs> uh, next question. What's worse, uh, getting booed off stage or things thrown at you? Things thrown at, mm,
3: things thrown at you. Cause they could hurt physically. Um, Although, actually, no, I think getting booed off stage would be worse. I've never been booed off stage. The wor- worst than both of those is dead silence. Because booed off stage, I've I've gotten dead silence and then gotten one of these, Mm-mm. like a mm, no, no, just just pure denial of everything oh, you're saying. Oh. Like we don't. Someone speaking for the whole audience, being like, we don't like this, and then that person being right. Like everyone doesn't like it. So getting booed and getting something thrown at you are both, you can keep the show going because I can yell back at them, but just dead silence is, it ends it. It's worse. It's like you go home, you hang your hat up, you walk off stage, you don't even stop to get paid. You walk out the front door, you get in a taxi and you go home.
1: Oh man.
3: And you're home in 15 minutes watching Seinfeld, <laughs> trying to forget it all happened. Oh, you
0: got to watch Seinfeld, especially if you live in New York, man. <laughs>
3: exactly. Exactly.
0: All right, Turner. Uh, we're going to play Marry, Love, Kill. You got to marry one, kill one, and make sweet, sweet love to one. Okay. Kevin Hart, Larry the Cable Guy, or Dane Cook?
3: Oh, man. Well, I love Larry the Cable Guy because he signed me. My album came out. He's He owns the record label that signed me to put out my first album. Oh, that's okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. and he's now i'm on the radio and i can make a living in comedy because he plays me on his radio station on sirius xm so absolutely love Larry the cable guy and the other two options kevin durant and i know oh,
1: kevin kevin hart <laughs> oh kevin hart <laughs> yeah or dane cook you're, you're still
0: thinking about that uh mvp COVID, huh
3: yeah i am yeah. i am uh mary love wait mary I, okay i would marry um I would marry Kevin Hart because he's wealthy, he's incredibly wealthy, and so you could divorce him at any point and get half of his money there you and go. then mm-hmm. I would kill Dane Cook only just to get his i don't necessarily it's like fun to hate but like a lot of people hate dane cook I don't really hate Dane cook I get he his jokes don't make me laugh but He somehow has figured out what he's doing, and and now not anymore. He's almost like that millennial guy now. He's like, "Hey, but uh, I would just kill him at a default." I think (laughs) he would annoy the hell out of me at some point if I was locked in a room with him, and I would have to kill
2: him. So, so as we mentioned before, you know, uh, we had the cooligans in a previous episode too. So we gotta ask this one: Uh, Who do you think is a funnier comedian, Christian
3: or Alexis? Oh my God, you can't ask me that. (laughs) You have to. I said I wouldn't pass. Um, and I might have to pass on this one. Those guys are both hilarious. I don't know, man. They're, too, they're Not only are they super – this is going to be like really bad radio right now because uh, I'm not going to be controversial. But um, not only are they are both really funny, but they're both super nice, which I can tell you there's so many people who aren't in comedy. There's so many just weirdos. They're normal too. They're like normal, nice guys. People are either completely nuts or – there's a lot of dicks, or I don't know if I can say that. There's a lot of not nice people, um, and or there's some people who are great, and they both fit into like all that like nice and funny categories. I can't. I, I do have to pass on that one. I can't give you an answer there.
1: Oh, we I got apologize. one, boys. We got one, but it's false Chris, advertisement. But it's false, false advertisement.
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you're the comedian then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? Oh, yeah, we're still going. Um sorry, I was I had an email that came through. Um, walk us through your worst night on stage.
3: Easy. This is the easiest answer. Um, okay. I was in I've been doing comedy for like nine months, but like once a month for nine months. So I think I had done it not at most nine times in my life, maybe less. And this is when I was still living in China, and I was doing it at a bar where I had started the show, like I, had, I had come, it was my show. So every week, every month, the people who were coming were my friends. So it wouldn't even classify as real standup comedy. Cause I was just performing for my friends, but in my head, I was like this professional comedian. So I'm like, Oh wow. I can make these people laugh. Not thinking they're all laughing at my inside jokes. You know, I was a moron. So then I entered this competition. I went down to I flew to Hong Kong, which is like a two-hour flight, to be in this competition of all the best comedians from around Asia. This is in 2010. And I get there and I'm super confident. And then I start watching the show, and I realize everyone on the show is better than me. Everyone in this competition is better than me. I'm gonna be the worst one. So I panic and I decide instead of doing my actual material. I'm just gonna get up there and talk to the crowd and like see what happens and try to riff out a set like I'm like I'm Dane Cook like I'm some pro who can do who does that every night and knows how to do it. Meanwhile, you know, I've never known this before in my life. I have no idea what I'm gonna do. So I go up there and I'm like, "Hey, where are you from?" or something lame to someone in the audience, and they just don't say anything. They they like silence. And then to the next, and this is in a competition. I have like seven minutes set, and then the next person, I'm like, "I don't know, uh, like where are you from?" and they don't say anything. And then I realize like everyone's just waiting for me to tell a joke and I've forgotten all my jokes and I don't have, and I wasn't strong enough to even think of like how to change out of that or, and I had no skill level on how to talk to a crowd. And so I think I tried for like three or four minutes, which is painfully long when you're doing nothing on stage, just bombing. No one laughed a single time. It was a seven minute set. I pulled myself off after four minutes and just walked off I went into the back. Everyone was confused. Like, what the hell is that? The host had to go back on stage and make fun of me to bring the room back. And at the time, I was mad at the host. And then learning later, it's almost like he had to do it because the crowd was confused. Like, the show was off the rails. He had to do something to bring it back. And the easiest place to do was like, hey, that guy's a weirdo. Let's all have fun again. (laughs) This is basically what happened. And then one guy, one comedian in the back of the room was like, hey, man, he was from like New Zealand. He's like, hey, I really liked your set. I was like, really? Like thinking like, oh, wow, someone liked me. And he's like, yeah, I love how you're doing that whole anti-comedy thing. That's like real. That's new and cutting edge. And I was in my head. I was like, I wasn't doing that at all. I was just trying to make people laugh. (laughs) So that was by far my worst night in comedy.
1: Oh, man. All right. I
3: I stuck with it, man. I got back up like, the next day. I did a set and I did fine. And then that's what I realized. If, when you fail in comedy, you, the options, you either quit or if you don't want to quit, you have to get back up as soon as possible. And to, cause if you wait another month, you'll never do it again. You'll just be thinking about that the whole month. You didn't do it. <laughs> nice. Uh, Turner, what city or venue do you regret playing? I regret playing, man. Oh, I don't know. I, mean, I did a show in Burma one time that uh i wouldn't say i regret but it was just a tough venue there was the power went out halfway through in the whole bar and uh i was like hey can we turn the power back on and they were like oh this is burma like the whole the the power just went out for the whole city this isn't like we can turn it back on there's wild dogs on the street like people are if you go when you walk home you might get bit by a rabid dog this isn't just up to us you know and i think i got paid like 80 dollars or something i'm not sure what it was and everybody was a. Fu- oh, and I got sick. I got um, uh, I got two parasites that I carried in my body for a year and a half without realizing it. So I would I regretted playing that show. Yeah, that's definitely anyone who says no regrets has no idea what they're talking about. That's a big time regret.
1: No, no regards? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I would I would have going looking back. I would have skipped that. I would have skipped the Burma stop on the tour. Yeah. Sounds about right. But other than that, I mean, the people there were great. But- <laughs> But the the parasites were regrettable.
2: Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Next question here. um, From your soccer experience in Sacramento, who would you consider to be in your Hall of Fame?
3: The Knights was my era, the indoor soccer team at Arco Arena. Yeah, When I was growing up, I had a ball. I think I still have it. I have a ball signed by all the players from the year. I went to the game when they won the championship. That's probably my best. Now that I think about it, that's probably my best experience with soccer is being at Arca Arena when there was like 15,000 people there watching the Knights win the uh, – I, I don't even know what league they were in, whatever league they were in. But indoor soccer is sick to watch yeah. at, a, at a high level. It's like hockey. I mean, you guys know, right? It's like hockey, yeah. but it's the pace of hockey. And uh, that team specifically was just a blast, like a complete blast to watch. Nice.
1: Who do you mirror your act after? So who is your inspiration getting into comedy?
3: So ultimately it has to be yourself. I think any standup would tell you that you can't, um, but you start up. but you have inspiration. You mirror, if you mirrored after someone, it's too obvious. Like if you were to see a guy who you're like, wow, he's doing, he's doing Dave Chappelle. That's just a version of Dave Chappelle. You would think it, you wouldn't think it was that funny. You want them to be themselves. But um, my favorite comedian's always been Norm MacDonald. Uh, since I was like 12 years old when he was doing the news on Saturday Night Live. And his I take, what I take from him is that, that idea of just, as long as it's true, you can say whatever you want and you should say whatever you want, as long as it's true, meaning you don't hold back. You don't cut corners. As long as what you're saying is the truth. If you're, what you're saying is, is a lie or it's an opinion, then, um, then you, you're going to have to take whatever heat you get, you know, but Norm rarely says opinions. He just says, Hey, here are facts, that go together and shouldn't go together or you might not like, like what I, mean, I guess OJ killed his wife might be an opinion, but Norm's been saying that his whole career. Right. Um, so I love Norm. And then there's guys like Brian Regan, who uh, is a comedian who's been around for 35 years. I don't know if you guys know Brian Regan, but he hasn't done much TV, but he's toured the world, toured the United States, does stadiums. Now he's hundred percent clean, which I really respect. And uh, and then Seinfeld as well. And then the big, like obviously Chappelle and all those guys, but Regan and, and, uh, and Norm Macdonald would be my two. Nice. Okay. Yeah.
0: So Turner, what joke did you expect for people to laugh? And at the end it was just
3: crickets. Dude, that happens so often. Um, cause part, part, I'm trying to think of a specific joke. Uh, I've had this joke forever that I've just started getting to started to get to work and I can't deliver the joke, but the premise is to me, the idea of having a checkbook in the year 2020 is the, so odd. And oh, yeah. it's such a time thing in the past. And the idea of writing a check, I was, when I was living out of the country for 12 years, no one, they don't use checkbooks in the rest of the world. It's this thing that like my landlord in America still wants me to pay with a check. And I'm like, how do I even write it? Like, how do I, he's like, well, you have to sign your name. I'm like, okay. He's like in cursive. I'm like, well, I'm out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You can write,
3: I can't even do step one, you know? And then what, and then how do they even like the way they decide if you actually have the money is you have to uh, write your, you have to like write the number, right? Like five, zero, zero. And then you have to spell it. You have to be like five, I V E's, like $5,000, F-I-V-E, T-H-O. F-I-V-E-T-H-O. You have to like spell it out and like, well, does he have it? Like, I don't know. Yeah, you can spell it. So give him, <laughs> yeah, give, you know, give him the Hummer or whatever it is he's buying. And it's such an archaic version. Every other form of currency, you just find out right away if they have the money. With a check, you have like a two days to like get away, you know? Right. And run off to another country. So that was a bit that took me, I think, like nine years to figure out how to work out. And I would bring it back once every six or eight months or so. And it, whatever I was saying wasn't connecting with the audience. Right. Finally, like three or four months ago, I got it working.
0: I feel like for that joke, you have to kind of look at your audience and see, okay, what, what, what age group? You know, yeah. Because I, when you were saying that, I, I always say that, yeah. you know, when I, when I, I bought my, my first home a couple of years ago and I was going to pay my first association bill and I called the association and I said, what website do I go to to make this payment? Yeah. And they, 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 they said, um, well, you actually have to mail in a check. And I said, one, I don't have checks. Yeah. Two, who checks. Who mails things in, you know? So for a good, like, Four to five months I was doing it. I was very mad about it. And one time, I mean, I kept going into their office trying to pay with a credit card or something. They don't have a credit card machine. So I started yelling, this is a 21st century, just going off on
3: them. Dude, the worst is you yeah, have to figure out how to buy a stamp. They're I think like, they got ah. so
0: they got so sick of me because then I got a letter saying, This is our new online portal.
3: Yeah, you go in and then the worst is when they go, "Well, you could fax us." You can like, and like what? What- like, well,
1: that's worse. <laughs> I'd rather go to the post office. Yeah.
3: Go buy I think it's machine. like like
1: when millennials start
0: buying homes, that's when online portals came, <laughs>
3: yeah. you know, that's when
0: <laughs> online portals came to life. <laughs>
3: yeah. But that's it, dude. So some jokes can come in an instant. I think of it, I go tell it on stage tonight and it works immediately. And some jokes you just have to work at and work at and work at and adjust and change wording around. And like, well, why didn't that work that time? Listen back to it. So so it's, it's, all, it's a constantly evolving.
2: So last question here in our uh, New Glory Rapid Fire questions, but uh, what's your dream venue that you'd like to perform at?
3: It would be cool. I think, um, honestly, like the Crest Theater would be so cool in Sacramento. It's a place I I grew up going to see bands at. I went to see Cake there in like 1994 when they were still a local band. I've seen uh, so many of my favorite bands are ever clear, a bunch of nineties bands I would see seen there, but that's the place to me that I think I probably could perform at some point. And it's realistic, but also just this in my head, it's like a thousand seat venue in downtown Sacramento, right? 1500 maybe seats. And that would be such a cool, cool venue. I think something like, I know like Hassan Minaj has done um, the golden one center, which is mind blowing to me. I don't know if you guys know Hassan, but he's uh, he used to be I'm on the daily good. show. Yeah, I've seen some of his acts, yeah. He has his own show on Netflix now. Yeah, and he's a sacri- he's from Davis. And uh, he's done the, uh, the Golden One Center. And that's bizarre, but that's so far out of the realm for me right now. I'm like, I think realistically, something like uh, Crest Theater would be like, that would be pretty sick. That's to keep it local, to keep it Sacramento, you know? Yeah. And uh, besides that, it's like wherever I can get. But to me, the goalposts are always Sacramento places. Like performing, headlining the Punchline Comedy Club was a giant deal for me in my career. And every time I do it, it still is. It's still kind of bizarre that I get to do that.
2: Yeah, that's cool. I mean, definitely, you know, you do it in your hometown and you've got the family and friends, you know, probably watching too. So exactly. I mean, it's, yeah. it's something else,
3: yeah. Yeah, it's fun, man it's that's it's it's the coolest it's the coolest thing to come back to to come back home and get to do that kind of stuff and people you haven't seen from high school come out they're like whoa like you're doing it's a lot of people who found out like the week before the show that i'm a comedian and they're like wait you're doing comedy now and then they come and their expectations are like i started you know you never know some guy you knew from high school is doing comedy you're thinking like all right maybe he started like a month ago let's just go see if it's even funny and then I'm doing an hour and I've been on the road for 10 years and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, it's, it's pretty cool
1: too. Yeah. Just yeah. like you picked it up at a local like coffee shop, right. For like one of those nights where they, yeah, that's what you, yeah.
3: if you haven't heard from somebody in 20 years and you're like, Oh, they're a comedian now. Yeah. We'll go, we'll go see what that's about.
1: I remember, I remember growing up in States. There was a place that had like poem or poetry night and people would go read.
3: Yeah. And I'm just
1: like, nah, I'm out, man. That was rough. Yeah. Yeah, the poetry
3: readings
1: are amateur
3: poetry nights are not the place to be.
1: It was a coffee shop though. You go, you you get to do poems and get coffee, man. Like people were digging it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I my band would play at those places sometimes. Like the soft the soft beat, like you'd have to play really quietly.
3: Yeah, but we were a punk rock band, so it didn't really work. Yeah, that, that didn't well. that that you would probably <laughs> gosh, what was the place?
1: They would in let Carmichael. us
3: in once and then they would and Carmichael would be the uh Oh man, I know what you're talking about. There was a punk rock club. I, yeah. think, I used to go there and watch. I think I saw Mighty Mighty Boss Towns there or something.
1: Yeah, that's probably still around. I don't even know. I haven't ventured out. I mean, I moved back in August and so I haven't gotten very far with with what's going on. I think I've been downtown Sacramento more often since we moved back than I had when I was a kid. Totally. It's crazy.
3: Totally. I never went downtown growing up. and then you, But then
1: now, because there wasn't anything to do, as yeah. we said earlier. It was wicked. Um Last call, boys. Last call. So this is our last few questions. So first off, we ask this question for everybody. Our, our podcast, yes, we say that we're a soccer-specific podcast, but we also like to talk about community. We've talked with Taro. We've talked with uh, Chando from Chando's Tacos. So our main thing, our, our big thing is to talk to people who understand our community or value that aspect. So our question to start off last call is, what does community mean to you? It means at home, man.
3: It's, uh, I mean, Sacramento will always be my home and my brother as well. We've, we've left, like, you know, we moved away a while back, but we were even like down to the sports teams. That's why we're so connected with the sports teams. And because it's a connection to the place where we grew up and when we get to go back and we go to games, you still, I still run into friends. Sacramento is such a cool city in the sense that I can go to a Kings game and run into five people I knew in high school, just walking around the concession stands, you know, and it's also an identity it's a i think there's a style of person um, sacramento has a style of i guess an attitude that's a super welcoming down to earth um almost the opposite of what you get in in i would say a place like uh, los angeles might be the stereotype or something like that of the opposite I and mean, I maybe mean, that might be like too an oversimplification but it's It's like a welcoming, warm community that you know you can, you always have. And like we always, the dream is always to move back at some point, you know. So that's what community means to me. And you can make it wherever you go. But the first place you ever made it is always special, which for me is sack.
0: Nice. And uh, I got, I got two things for you. One thing I want you to tell us about your podcast because we know you have a podcast. And two, why haven't we been on it?
3: All right. Well, first of (laughs) all, I'm a comedian. So it's the law that I have a podcast. And uh, the podcast is called Lost in America. It comes out every Monday on, um, on wherever you get podcasts. We've been doing it for like three, three and a half years. We've had on um, Ari Shafir, TJ Miller. Uh, let me think of who else. Guys like Jimmy Schubert. A bunch of comedians mostly. And then we also get journalists. We get some New York Times people, some people from The Economist. And traditionally we were talking about anything cross-cultural, anything, uh, stories around the world, whether it's a comedian goes and travels to Dubai and then comes back and tells us about doing shows over there. Or if it's uh, a New York times journalist, we had a guy who a New York times guy who went, was in North Korea for a month filming stuff and came back, was telling us all about that. So it's trying to learn about the world, but keep it light, keep it funny. And, um, but recently we've just been doing, you know, we've been interviewing people around the world who are experienced comedians around the world who are experiencing coronavirus in their, communities different or maybe the same as we're doing it we're having it here in america so we had on the guy yesterday andy Curtin, who's a comedian out of hong kong and telling us all about what's going on there with their lockdown and everything in hong kong and then we go tuesday through friday so four extra days a week on a patreon show that just me and the co-host do 30 minutes a night almost like as a replacement for the nightly the the late night shows just talking about all the news that happened that day in america with all this mat insanity that's going on right now.
1: And a so, little funny vibe I hope. What's that? And a little funny vibe I hope. Oh, it's fun. No, it's a comedy show. It's oh, a complete
3: okay. comedy show. Yeah, sorry. I didn't bring I didn't bring that up. It's 100% a comedy show that dives into poli- dives into politics and uh not politics really. It's more um current events. Nice. And why haven't you guys been on? Cuz I just met you tonight. So, we're going to have to figure it out. How about that? <laughs>
0: there we go. Better make it happen soon
3: yes
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that that would be amazing so Turner, um when uh will you be back at sacramento for a show when you know when can we be at your next show
3: <laughs> all right man let me look up my i mean as of now this is all a giant caveat mm. this is all big quotation marks right yeah if everything is good now <laughs> but i'm pulling up my schedule right now i'm gonna be in the sacramento area in november so um I'm going to be at the Alameda Comedy Club in Alameda, California, just in the bay, right side of Oakland. Yeah. So that's not near you, guys, not too close, but it's uh, November 6th and 7th. So I'm thinking either, man, it's November 4th or November 11th. I'll be at the Sacramento Punchline. Be
1: there Wednesday we night. go. Cool.
3: So when I do that, I'm going to get you guys. You guys are going to come down. I'll get you guys to uh, we'll, we'll be there, oh, man. We're nice there, going. man. Yeah. yeah. We'll be there for sure. <laughs> Let's do it. Come in from Reno, man.
0: Oh, you know I will. Get yeah, some Krispy Kreme, some Mikuni, That's oh, Chick-fil-A, a. Some, some Chondos.
1: Oh, oh yeah. Chando's, oh, Chondos, dude. I'll do it. And then if anyone's <laughs> is Vegas,
3: or going to Vegas, I'll be there uh, November 16th through 22nd at the Laugh Factory in Las Vegas.
1: Oh, hey, you hit me up. I'll go there too, man. I may have to swing that trip. I need to yeah, get come, over come there. in for that one. That'll be good. Yeah, that'll Boy, be boys awesome. trip to Vegas. <laughs> do it. <laughs> oh, that'd be trouble. <laughs> we'll make it happen, dude. We'll be that'd at the –
3: what the tropicana that's you got like, you got to oh. get us
0: backstage you got to get us backstage.
1: <laughs> done vip man there done. We <laughs> cool. i love how i love how he's laughing at us like yeah and then we show up and like no we're not on the list like uh <laughs> no, who are not, you? because there's no, there's no it's not that glamorous oh but, dude it's glamorous it's gonna be great it's gonna yeah. be great <laughs> Uh, cool. so, uh, Turner, how can people, uh, follow what you're up to stay in touch with you, your, your shows, your gigs for the areas they may be in. Yeah. Uh, what's the best way to, to stay, stay ahead of the game, man. So my full schedule is at
3: turnersparks.com. Just spell it like it sounds. And, uh, follow me at turnersparks on Instagram. That's where I'm posting tour dates, but also videos, clips from my podcast pretty much every day we're putting stuff up there. So that's where I would send everybody. You can follow me on Twitter, but you're going to mostly get like me yelling at uh, Sacramento, random Sacramento King, like, you know, Grand Napier and stuff like that.
1: Oh. <laughs> I don't know how that guy survived some of the times, man. I have no idea. It's me just getting
3: frustrated about the Kings is most of my Twitter account. So yeah, I would, I would go, I would, if you want to find out about my comedy career, go to, uh, go to Instagram or turnersparks.com.
1: And if you want some good insight into him roasting or getting mad about the Kings, go to his Twitter. Yeah. At Turner, Turner B sparks on Twitter. Right. Yeah. We just, we just got a follow from you, uh, the last couple of days. So we, we've been following and it's been quiet, but that's okay. There's no basketball.
3: There's none right now. I can't yell. I can't yeah. uh, profess my love for Harry Giles.
1: Oh, Harry <laughs> Giles, dude. He's a, he's a gamer, man. He's great. We better he's keep him. Yeah. That might be difficult, but that's okay. We'll figure it out. We will. Yeah, yeah,
0: thank for. you so much, Turner, uh, for taking the time to talk to us today. Uh, we wish you the best of luck, man. Hope to get you on soon. We'll be waiting for those passes when you come back to Sacramento, maybe Reno, yeah. Las Vegas, wherever you're at. on the way. Modesto. M- M- Hit us up.
3: <laughs> yeah. Sounds right, good, man. I would love to. Let's hang out in the area when I'm back. No stuff like that. I'll sounds get back good. in touch. Yeah, yeah, have a great night, good. man. You too, guys. Thanks a lot. All right.
0: Thank, thank cheers, you. Man. See you. Right, bye. And we will be back
1: with a word from our sponsors. Today's guest was brought to you by the Makuni Dreamline. Makuni is offering $15 off your order of a platter and has made it easy with the Makuni app. Please make sure to pre-order, stay in your car when you arrive, and they will deliver your meal to you in your car. Visit them today at makunisushi.com or better yet, download their app available on the App Store or Google Play. Don't forget that we can be found on all social media platforms. If you want to take a look on Facebook, you can find us on our own Facebook page, Sacktown FC Podcast. We can be found on Twitter and Instagram at the handle at Sactown FC. And we can... whoa, 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 whoa,
0: John. We cannot forget about our amazing partners, California Storm. Make sure you guys check them out on their website at CalStormSoccer.com. Also check them out on IG and Twitter at CalStormSoccer and on Facebook at CaliforniaStorm.
2: Yeah, so if you guys are on Twitch looking for our account, uh, we can be found under SackTownFC. If you want to play against me or John, um, my Xbox gamer tag is SackTownFC. For John, he's on PlayStation. His gamer tag is SackTown underscore FC. Send us a message. Let us know if you want to play against. And, hey, we could even probably do a live Twitch if you don't mind. And, you know, we could broadcast our game as well. So, yeah, let us know. And, you know, we're ready
1: to play a game anytime. And just make sure you're not that guy who does rage quitting. Because if you get whooped by us, we're still going to talk trash. And if you beat us, we're still going to talk trash. So, don't rage quit. Own it. If you're getting taking that L, we'll, we'll be as grace graceful as we can be with our Ls. So, just remember that. Um, we also have our own website. A lot of you have probably already seen and heard about it. Um, it's Sacktownfc.com. Here you can learn about how the show came together. You can un- get a hold of us from the contact bar. We also now have our uh, Soccer's Pulse site or section for everything that Seth uh, will be putting on uh, as it relates to upcoming events, news, information around the globe for soccer. Putting that Putting that finger on the pulse of soccer. And also the opportunity to join our squadron, which is our form of the supporters group. On the, as a member of the squadron, you would get access to our Slack channel, entered into a lottery for Makuni or Chondo's Tacos or even a new glory function with us, and have insight and say on some of our new swag that we'll be releasing with the greatest logo in all of podcasting. So check us out at Sacktownsc.com. Calm. So guys, that's all we have
2: for today's episode. Um, we want to give a special thanks to Turner Sparks for taking the time to join us today and to you for listening to us, you know, and always supporting us uh, every single time we release a podcast. And make sure to subscribe to us and give us some positive comments wherever you can leave comments. Uh, one of those places being Apple Podcast, which we're super thankful to everyone who's left us a comment or even just left us a rating on there. Thank you very much. We we appreciate that. Cheers,
1: everybody.
0: Have a great rest of the day. Thank you, guys. Stay safe out there. Thank you, everyone.